it didn't matter if it were someone who rode the railroad, owned it, or slept under it. You were buried here. That's David Moore as the executive director of Historic Oakland Foundation. He oversees one of Atlanta's unique, permanent residences. You're listening to a special edition of our podcast. Oh, hello, everyone. You must be Julia and you must be Jeff, the father and daughter duo from the radio pod thing. What is that? Oh, peach and prosperity. My was prosper one year. And that's one of our dearly beloved guests featured on today's episode. I'm Beethoven. I'm above ground today, greeting all these fine gentlemen and ladies. So, thank you so much. I hope you're having a grand time today. What I, I cannot. It's permanently stuck in one position. <laughs> but, I, but I will tell you that I am in ruins, and I'm tarnished to see you. <laughs> Corny. <laughs> Governor, Mrs., give him a round of applause. <laughs> now that's what I call a unique intro. Typically, we talk to Atlanta founders, but for this show, we make an exception since it wasn't quite possible to go back in time to the 1850s. We say quite because while we did experience a bit of a time warp thanks to the creative folks behind the historic Oakland Foundation, its volunteers, and some of the cemetery's most devoted fans. On today's show, we take a look back at Oakland's 160 years history, discover some of the memorable stories from the past and explore how the community celebrates the present. It's an early morning. We're weaving through a few of the 70,000 residences and 55 mausoleums, admiring the architecture and landscape of this quirky urban oasis. It's eerily quiet, except for a bird chirping from its perch on a tombstone and the occasional whoosh of a martyr train. In just a few hours, the cemetery will transform into its annual festival. Sunday in the Park, which draws nearly 5,000 visitors, and it's about to get really noisy. As we walk through the past, we take note of the years on tombstones, 1875, 1888, 1892, and so on. And then through the trees, we can see the surrounding tall modern buildings of downtown Atlanta. There's Coca-Cola, Grady Hospital. And don't forget the Georgia Pacific building. After wandering through a few of the 48 acres, we meet up with David Moore and settle into a bench in between rows of tombstones and mausoleums. The place that we're sitting now is the highest point of the cemetery. It, to me, is compelling because not only can you see the representation of the beautiful art and architecture, it is set against the backdrop of downtown Atlanta. And when the sun goes down, the moon comes up, and the skyline lights up, it's, it's transformational in terms of to get what this place is all about and why it's so important. Every spot here gives the visitor a sense of place, something that philosophers and psychologists and theologians say is so important for us as humans to be able to identify with where we are and what happened here before so that we can figure out what is our part in this story. What happened before helps shapes where we're going. I've been coming in and out of these gates for 13 years and from every time I walk in the door I see something different from a different perspective and a different angle. Since 2006, David has been leading the foundation with his current 
$2 million annual budget, 13 full-time staff, plus the sexton of the city of Atlanta, and approximately 200 volunteers. David made his way to Oakland after a career in the financial services industry. I was born and raised in Atlanta, and I got to a point in my career where I thought that I could do something different, something that was more contributing back to the community that, that basically raised me and, and you know, four generations of my family. And someone said, oh, by the way, do you like cemeteries? And I said, well, I do. And they said, well, Oakland Cemetery Foundation is looking for an executive director. And I said, well, I had been there once or twice, but like a lot of people in Atlanta, embarrassedly had not known that much about what is sort of a hidden treasure in Atlanta. I interviewed once and, and basically when I, after I left, I said, sign me up. Um, I'm home. It's really been a labor, I say a labor of love doesn't really touch all that we've done here, but it's been an incredible journey trying to preserve, restore, enhance, and share these 48 acres of Atlanta history in a venue that's really almost incomparable in terms of a southern image of what a Victorian rural garden cemetery is all about. At the time of Oakland's founding, it was the height of the rural garden cemetery movement. Prior to this time, small urban churchyards were the norm. This new model created park-like spaces on the outskirts of town, and these cemeteries were planned as public spaces. So before there was the first Atlanta public city park, Grand Park, there was Oakland. As that concept emerged in the 1820s and 30s from Europe, when churchyards were filling up and downtown graveyards were becoming unsanitary, a group of horticulturists and city planners would acquire large, very beautiful tracts of land outside the city to create their cemeteries, which doubled as public parks. So Oakland didn't really start out that way, but it kind of emerged as a wonderful example of that concept. And as such, people came to Oakland, not only to tend the graves of their ancestors, but to walk their dog, stroll their child, picnic, and do all the things that you would do in a public park. So we created Sunday in the Park as kind of a Victorian festival where people can come in and walk their dog, stroll their child, picnic, listen to music, learn from the history that's here, from some many tours that we offer. So it's a wonderful Victorian street fair. This celebration included author talks, musical performances, people in costumes, in her lovely astronomical, astrological, gorgeous Gothic Lolita fashion with the crown. Unique food vendors. Our sodas are the apple lemongrass soda, green muscadine soda, which is coming from Polk Farm, and the prickly pear lemon soda. We actually live very close by. We live in Cabbage Town, and we come in here to just kind of stroll around and maybe drink a little bit. And so we were walking through one day and we were starting up our business and couldn't land on a name. And we just all three just kind of looked over at this gravestone that said old no on it. And it just kind of, we were all like, oh, that's so good, so perfect. Tours on special topics such as African-American history, baseball, Georgia Tech, Jewish stories, and many, many more. Buried here. Now the gazebo back there was in the backyard of either Mr. Marsh or Mr. Moore. And at some time over history, it was moved here. And I like to think, after we all go home tonight and the gates are locked, Mr. Marsh and Mr. Moore can sit in the gazebo, drink, drink a little sweet tea or whatever, and talk about how business was at the store this week. Let's leave here. And plant sales. 
which happened on Sunday in the park and also happened to take place year-round. But our plant sales in the past would garner four or $5,000. This year, we've, we just held our second, and because of the greenhouse and because of the plants we were able to store there and sell um, right out of it, we will have raised $50,000 in plant sale, which would not have been possible without that greenhouse. So. And of course, historical characters like Beethoven. Okay, look, we have a town doctor. Isn't that amazing? You know, just in case we have the vapors. Oh, yeah. We have a sudden. Here is Stereo. We're not talking. Oh, he ex his extractions are, well, let's say, quick and painless. That's what I've heard. If you have enough liquor. One, two, three. That's right. It's a blend, isn't it, that they take? Then they become inebriated, and then they talk foolishness, and you can pull any teeth out of their head. Don't worry if you miss Sunday in the park. There are many other public programs to take part in. And so in the spring, we have a arts event this past spring. It was called the Golden Hour, and it was created around the theme of the dawn and the dusk the beginning of life and the end of life. And we had 10 different artists that came and created artistic displays throughout the 48 acres that people could come in again and, and interact with, engage with, and they were reflective of the history that's basically buried here. Later in the year, in the summer, we do have a music festival. Tunes from the Tombs become a very popular event. And you might think that, well, is that particularly respectful? of the people that are buried here and my answer is we're not necessarily you know dancing on graves well I'll explain this later maybe a little bit but we try to arrange the the musical performances on natural staging areas everyone who walks into the cemetery understands what it is first and foremost and that it is hallowed ground when we had our first tunes from the tombs Maynard Jackson, who was the first African-American mayor of Atlanta, his widow, Valerie, was approached by a TV station that said, you know, you know that Oakland Foundation is having this music festival and people are going to be dancing and frolicking next to your husband's gravesite. And she said, you know, Maynard loved to party. So she was completely comfortable with us uh, inviting people in to learn about her husband's legacy while at the same time enjoying the music and the festivities that we were, we were offering. Halloween and the weeks leading up to it tend to be a big draw with run like hell and heck races and costume contests and the spirit of Halloween tours would sell out fast in the summer. Julie, I told you to get in early. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Sorry, I totally missed Facebook posts, but I'll get faster next year. I thought I sent you a meeting invite. <laughs> What's become our coup de gras? in terms of our special events is our eight nights of capturing the spirit of Oakland Halloween tours designed to enlighten and not frighten. So you will meet six costume characters in the evening as you make your way through Oakland at night, but there'll be lighted paths. And these costume characters will tell you their story of their position in Atlanta history. They capture the imagination, the hearts and the minds of those that come through. We get a thousand people a night so that's 8,000 people over the course of eight nights. And um, it's uh, really, it's the tickets sell out in, in less than 30 days in the summer. While preparing for these tours, the Oakland team has discovered new old stories to share. On our Halloween tours, we research individuals whose stories are not quite as, as public and well-known, and their contribution to Atlanta's history is just remarkable. Uh, a gentleman named Andre Steiner, who was on our tour, 
Andre uh, escaped the Holocaust, kind of like a Schindler, in as much as he convinced the SS officers to maintain the uh, Jewish community in which he was um, led to, to keep those citizens there, to build things for the Germans and not to deport them to, uh, to, to the gas chambers in Poland. So he saved thousands of people because they agreed to it, and he was an architect, so he could build things. <laughs> he built buildings and roadways, and, uh, but somehow he managed to escape before the war was over, hid out in the mountains, made his way to Cuba in the 1950s, finally to Atlanta, where he worked as an architect uh, built the, actually designed the Ahavath Hakim Synagogue. He designed buildings at Emory University. He worked on the master plan for Jekyll Island. I mean, he was just a fascinating individual. Lived to be a hundred, or as we, we said on the tour, a hundred years old. You know, can you imagine what you see in 100 years? Um, so he was a, a fascinating individual. And these stories are just throughout um, this property. And we have wonderful historians that find them, bring them to life. And of course, there are the more well-known residents with frequent visitors. In terms of, of notable people and stories, Maynard Jackson, Margaret Mitchell, and Bobby Jones are three of the most notables. As the cemetery ages, so too do the structures and gardens within it. When I got here 13 years ago, I looked around at this beautiful tree canopy and I, and I just thought, as do maybe a lot of people, well, trees take care of themselves. You know, they all, they've always been here and they'll always be here. And that's not true. 2008, Atlanta had a tornado and it took out about 100 of our mature trees and left this place in a mess. But it's interesting that the tree canopy that was disturbed, destroyed, or taken out during that time wasn't nearly as detrimental as the slow erosion of our trees since about the 1980s due to age, blight, acid rain, the fact that we're in a, a busy city that's, that's of course dirty and smoggy, so the trees have a hard time in this urban environment. And so we've lost about half the trees we ever had since the 80s, and it takes about 100 years to grow a mature tree. So we think we, we are still in, in great shape in trying to uh, raise the money to sustain and maintain the canopy as it is. But if we can raise a million dollars through this tree campaign, it will throw off enough income every year to make sure that these trees are maintained in perpetuity. So, so you know, save our shade. That's our tagline, tree fund campaign. And like I said, all we need is a million dollars. So if everybody who's listened to this, who's at least a million people, right? Everybody send me a dollar. We'll be in good shape. To help support the great work of Oakland, any contribution made via our page, anchor.fm forward slash peach-n-prosperity. Between now and November 30th, we'll be given back to Oakland. We hope you'll join us in supporting the cemetery that has given so much to Atlanta. In fact, Oakland has a little bit of something for everyone. Richard Harker and I'm the Director of Programming and Volunteers. There's something here for everybody. So if you love history, there's a ton of history. If you love art and architecture and sculpture, it's a sculpture garden. If you love plants, it's a botanical garden. Um, and you know, if you just are someone who wants to walk their dog, it's a park. So. And David, his professional and volunteer team are making it all possible by keeping in mind they say you die three deaths, and the first death is when your body dies, and the second death is when your body is lowered into the grave, and the third death is when your name is no longer spoken on this earth. So we here at the Foundation, with our tours and our special events and our stories, try to keep that third death from occurring to any of our residents. Um, so we're always finding new people to, uh, uh, to capture and, and great stories of those who uh, 
you know, who helped forge the path upon which we walk today. Thanks for listening to Peach and Prosperity. If you like what you've listened to, give us a review wherever you listen and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Bye for now.